And then uh, I got my permanent residence in the U.S. and finally I was able to, to, um, to start something. It's, you just have to be able to learn things and pick things up as you go. There's no, there's no way you can be experienced in running a company before you start a company. That's like pretty rare. Um, if you've ever gone into somebody's office and, and at their physical office and, and they have uh, like an iPad up front and you gotta type in your name and your email, maybe they make you sign an NDA or like that kind of stuff. Um, we build the software for that. The reason it has grown to these kinds of numbers, like there's no way with a sales team we could have gotten ourselves to 12,000 customers. Um, the reason we did though is because it, we have a very strong self-serve mechanic to it. People see it, they kind of have to use it to sign in to see the person there to see, um, but then they bring it with them. They're like, ooh, this was a great experience. I actually kind of enjoyed this and they bring it to their own company. And it's that kind of virality, I guess, that, that has brought us to where we are today and, and still growing like crazy. I'm Stephen Cummins, and this is episode 83 of 14 Minutes of SaaS, where I'm still at Rise Hong Kong. I meet Canadian CEO and co-founder Larry Gadia for the first of a three-part interview about his life, career, and the company he founded, Envoy a hyper-growth SaaS company that helps you handle everything coming through the front door of the office. Like our very first interviewee, branch co-founder Mata Sighete, Larry was born in Romania and ended up in California. In reality, it's never easy to transition from techie to successful entrepreneur, but his transition is inspirational. He takes us through his early days in Google, Shopify, and Twitter, and explains that while a clear value prop and consistent user experience has been important in turning Envoy's brand into a hyper-growth software meme, getting into large enterprises always needs a deeper sales interaction. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. Today on 40 Minutes of SaaS here in Rise, Hong Kong, we have Larry Gadia, CEO and founder of Envoy, which he founded in 2013. Great to have you here, Larry. Thanks for having me. Are you enjoying the conference? Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. Lots of great speakers, lots of great events. It's uh, always great to see so many people in one place. Fantastic. Um, so, uh, could you recount your... Um, your life for us in a few minutes, all the way from your childhood, uh, um, all the way up to where you started working. All right, in a few minutes being key here. So, um, yeah, I was born in uh, Romania, um, and this was like a while ago is that we had the whole like Ceausescu thing, and it was, it was pretty exciting. Um, then we went from, uh, from there, like through a whole like escaping thing, we went to Germany. Um, my dad eventually found a job in, um, in, in Canada, and that's technically where I grew up. So when I was from three years old on uh, in Ottawa, Canada, that's where I grew up. And um, I uh, did a lot of stuff there, like I did all my high school, all my elementary school, all that stuff. Learned a lot, that's where I really played with the computer a lot. Um, 
got oddly enough into game copy protection cracking, which is like this way of really reverse engineering games to make it do more than it should. Um, but that skill really uh, lent itself to be very useful because um, uh, later in my teenage years, uh, what's it called, Google uh, launched this thing called Google Desktop Search. Um, it was this way to search your computer from um, from your like you could you could search it just like you would the internet, uh, just as fast. Um, the problem is it only worked for certain types of files. It only worked for Microsoft Word. Um, Ottawa happens to be a uh, where Corel, which makes WordPerfect, is based out of. And so for whatever reason, I was using WordPerfect, really wanted to make that better, uh, and really wanted to use it with the Google product. It, of course, didn't support it, so I used my knowledge, I guess, to, to make it support it. Um, this add-on, I guess, uh, grew very quickly because it turns out a ton of lawyers in the US uh, are mandated by law to use WordPerfect for whatever reason. So it blew up overnight. It got all this interest. And, and I was like in high school. I was probably like 17 years old or something like that. Um, the product just, or my, my add-on just kept on growing. Um, I got this call from Google. Um, pretty afraid that it's like, oh no, it's the lawyers. Like, this is it. I'm going to, I'm not sure what kind of jail, but some form of jail. Um, of course, they were they were much more interested. It's like, hey, if you know how to do these things, you should come over here and, and work with us over here, um, which is not what I expected. Um, so I was I, I'd always wanted. Of course, Google's like the dream job for like a 17 year old, like getting out of high school, like absolutely. Uh, did the interviews and everything. They eventually, uh, and then we got to the point. It's like, cool. When can you start? And, and then that's kind of when I told them that like, hey, so I don't actually have my degree yet. And like, you can't actually leave Canada or like enter the US without a degree. So I'm gonna need that. I need another few years. So um, after the initial shock, um, they eventually, eventually found a way where it's like, I, I did like a two to three month internship, um, worked with the desktop team there, built out a bunch of stuff with them. And then I had the bright idea of asking them, hey, so can I kind of continue doing this while I'm in school? Um, they, uh, I guess, said yes, and and then uh, that continued for what ended up being four years of, of working with them. Amazing, um, and, yeah. that, and that's what I was. That's what we were talking about. I I, I couldn't get my head around a four-year internship, yeah. uh, which is. Uh, and were they formative years for you? Uh, uh, what, what do you mean by formative? Well, would they have influenced? Would they, you know, that work you did with Google would that have had an influence on on what you ended up doing? I, absolutely. Eventually? So yeah. my manager uh, at Google, she actually referred me. So after I graduated from school, I then went to. Um, I, I then it's like, okay, cool. Now I can actually have a real job, um, and. And I'd been, of course, at this other at, at Google for a while, so I wanted something a little bit different. I knew I'd always wanted to start a company. Um, didn't really know what I wanted, but I, I knew I needed a little bit of experience in less, much smaller, chaotic environment. So I eventually ended up. Um, uh, basically, I was looking for different things, and one of the companies was Twitter that I was really interested in. This is 2000. I guess it was would have been 2008 and 2009 is when I eventually ended up starting at, at Twitter. Um, by referral from my manager at Google. Um, she knew the CEO there, and, and that was a pretty like fast swoop in. Um, yeah, so then I was at, at Twitter, a, like employee like 40 or 50 or something really, really early. Um, There's a lot of chaos at the time. Um, not unlike the chaos that happens at Envoy today, but regardless, I was there for, for the two and a half, almost three years. Um, and then uh, I got my permanent residence in the U.S. and finally I was able to, to, um, to start something.
So um, because of that, and then uh, and then a few months later, uh, I ended up leaving and starting Envoy. Wow, wow. Uh, and between like Milo, Twitter, and Shopify, uh, from the sounds with Twitter had the had the bigger influence on on. Uh, on what you went on to of do. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Milo and, and, and Shopify were really kind of, I was I was just helping friends there, and it was like in between uh, when I was at, at Twitter, but Twitter was really the big one. Twitter and Google are the ones that I usually refer back to. There's so many things that happened at those companies that I didn't even realize were things until similar situations happened at Envoy now, and I'm like, wait a second, I kind of know these things. Yeah, so that was that was definitely very interesting. And, and the and the impressive thing for me, Larry, is that uh, you know you had a bunch of techie roles, and then you right. and then, and then uh, with you know you you may have had exposure to these things, but it seems like you didn't have a massive exposure to sales or marketing or right. customer success or whatever. Yeah. And suddenly, boom, you jumped out the window, and like all us entrepreneurs do at some point, and you started Envoy. Um, you know, uh, yeah. how did that happen? Yeah, that's so, so, I mean, it's, it's, you just have to be able to learn things and pick things up as you go. There's no, there's no way you can be experienced in running a company before you start a company. That's like pretty rare. Um, and, and if you are, it's, it's, it's almost a bias against you. Um, but like the sales and marketing was actually something we didn't even do too much of, uh, in the early years of Envoy. Like it was something that we, just kind of figure it out over time. Um, but we did build a product that people liked, like the our, our core product, which is our, our Envoy Visitor Registration System, uh, which is basically uh, if you've ever gone into somebody's office and and uh, at their physical office and, and they have uh, like an iPad up front and you gotta type in your name and your email, maybe they make you sign an NDA or like that kind of stuff. Um, we build the software for that. And it's, it's in over, what is it, 12,000, 13,000 uh, offices used on a daily basis. Um, over what is this on like 120, 130,000 people uh, daily will sign in at some office worldwide. Um, so it's pretty wacky, but um, the reason it has grown to these kinds of numbers, like there's no way with a sales team we could have gotten ourselves to 12,000 customers. Um, the reason we did though is because it, we have a very strong self-serve mechanic to it. People see it, they kind of have to use it to sign in to see the person there to see. Um, but then they bring it with them. They're like, ooh, this was a great experience. I actually kind of enjoyed this. And they bring it to their own company. And it's that kind of virality, I guess, that, that has brought us to where we are today and, and still growing like crazy. And you know, if I look at somebody like Calendly, one of the keys to their virality would be the fact that um, on the freemium, it always looks the same. So, and, you've, and they have a ton of freemium users, yep. obviously a ton of paid users too, but that means that it's a thing because it, it's recognizable. So when you send it to someone and then someone else, they, and then someone gets it from someone else from somewhere, they oh, hang on, this is a meme. Yeah. I want to get involved in it. Yeah, we'll see yeah, what this right. is. Yeah. Um, so is that the case also with, with um, should I say Envoy or Envoy? Uh, both, but, both. but okay. uh, I say Envoy was 50-50. Okay, <laughs> so uh, you know, when you get that, uh, you know, it, it, do you have something similar where, because I've actually used it a couple of times yeah. and it's brilliant. And, uh, and of course, because I'm in and out of B2B SaaS offices a lot, I see it all the time. So it's very, it's, it's very persistent, I yeah. can see it. Um, you know, so for you, product market fit was everything. Yes. Um, and does it have that 
it, it, does it have a similar virality to a Calendly? Um, yeah, so with Calendly, like it kind of says, it lets the person pick like a slot where they want to um, have, a, have a meeting with you and they remember that interface. Yeah. With Envoy, you get an email after you sign in somewhere, especially if you've signed a, um, an NDA. And we're like, hey, here's a copy of the NDA you signed earlier um, for your records. And then at the bottom of that email, it's like, by the way, powered by Envoy, get Envoy at your office. Um, so it's kind of that built-in um, motion that, that works. Also, it's a very consistent interface. Um, we, don't, we do allow customization of the product, but it's mostly about like, well, what do you want your NDA to be? Or which questions do you want to ask? Or what's your, what's your accent color or your background picture? But we don't let people kind of change the whole interface. Um, we find that like it's really important to have a consistent interface everywhere. If we're in 13,000 offices, um, it needs to be like consistent for everyone. Um, uh, 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 yeah, and we don't we don't white label the product either. There's no company that has removed any of the Envoy branding. Um, it's also super meticulously designed, where it's like just designed to be used very very simply. And would you say the fact that you're, um, you know, that getting the product market fit and building, I'm sure iteratively improving all the time, that kind of mechanical uh, virality into your product. Did that allow you to put more effort into constantly innovating? So, you know, a lot of companies, they build something that just, it's just right, timing's perfect, hit product market fit, and then they go to a VC, take a bunch of money, don't think about who they're taking the money off, and it's all about building a sales and marketing machine. Do you think that kind of protected you a little bit from that? Um, there's definitely, there was definitely some pressure to do that, and we still do that today. Um, for what it's worth, it's been very helpful. Having that sales and marketing machine is, is definitely powerful. Um, here's the thing, You're, you'll be able to do a self-serve motion for, for, a, for spreading your product, your new product, absolutely. But like, you're not gonna sign on Disney, or you're not gonna sign on like some massive company um, because of a self-serve motion. You need to talk to them because internally at their companies, they have all sorts of politics going on there. You need to give them demos, different demos to different people. Like the demo you'd give to a security person is very different from the demo you'd give to a front desk person or very different from somebody in facilities. Uh, they all have different needs. They all have different things that appeal to them. So you need salespeople for that and you need good marketing material for that. So self-serve is great for, for like kind of uh, common denominator, very simple people that will do the research on their own. But uh, if you want to get into enterprise um, and, and more sophisticated deployments uh, with, with real companies, you're going to need to talk to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's high touch and it's, it's a, a longer cycle. Um, but do you still find that you, uh, at the same time running in parallel with that, you get a certain amount of uh, deal flow from individual users, early adopter types? Uh, who happen to work in the enterprise, use it personally, and then yeah. bring it in, you, that's still happening? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The bottoms up thing is alive and very well um, with our product, though um, kind of what happens, in the, there's another kind of thing here where it's like, if you do a bottoms up approach, you will get maybe one office, maybe two, um, but if they have like 20, 50 offices, um, you gotta like kind of plant that idea. It's like, hey, Envoy works best when you have a global administration of everything. You can search all the records globally, not just your one office. And when you plant that idea, um, the, the 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 buyer and decision makers at the at the company will will be like, oh, we didn't even think of that. Uh, and then you can get a much bigger land or uh, much more influence. Um, for us, the way we look at it is like, we get a lot more influence because 
if they sign on 20 offices, 50 offices, that is 50 times more people that are visiting those offices, which means 50 times more exposure um, uh, for more people getting the product at their own office. So it really is important for us, and this is also why we have a free plan, um, it's important for us to, for our growth, that, that people install it as, as much as they can. And if we have to put a, a salesperson on it, uh, we absolutely will. In the next episode, part two of three, Larry describes Envoy as a Trojan horse to get into people's offices through the front desk and through the visitor sign-in to the rest of the office, where there's plenty more opportunity. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills, and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. This podcast is a labor of love, and I travel all over the world to interview the founders of amazing SaaS startups. I ask for nothing in return from them other than their valuable time, and I never play dirty tricks, such as if you get five of your employees to rate the podcast with five stars and send me screenshots, we'll publish a month earlier. These episodes are so much work to produce and very expensive without the backing of a big tech company. Do your good deed for today by taking a minute now to review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of the major podcast platforms, wherever you're listening to us. Thank you.